0: For nearly a century, Batman's been one of the archetypal superheroes and remains loved by children and adults alike. But the Batman we know from the big screen wouldn't have existed without Michael Uslan, who's produced every Batman movie since 1989 as part of our series of special interviews in celebration of the 27th anniversary of TBS. What a pleasure it is to speak with Mr. Uslan, also author of The Boy Who Loved Batman, a memoir great to have you on the line.
1: Thank you, I'm excited to be on with you.
0: First off, can you tell us how this whole love began, this passion with Batman?
1: Well, I am the proverbial comic book geek and (laughs) have been an avid, passionate fan and collector. In fact, my mother always said I learned to read from comic books before I was four years old. When I was ready to go off to college, I was leaving behind in my father's garage over 35,000 comic books dating back to the 1930s. My poor dad never once was able to get his car in the garage. Mm -hmm. And off I went to Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, Along the way, I attended the very first Comic-Con ever held on the planet Earth, which was July 1964 in a flea bag what we call a flea bag hotel uh in uh, New York City downtown and 200 of us showed up at the first comic con 197 uh boys and three girls and uh the big problem that uh weekend was what were they going to do with 197 males and three females <laughs> and uh, the two people who were putting on that convention said well, let's just tell everybody on Saturday night to come dressed in the costume of their favorite superhero and we'll give out prizes. And that was the night cosplay was born. And I was there in a costume my mom helped me make. So I am the the passionate collector and fan.
0: And what costume was that?
1: uh, It was the original DC Comics version of The Sandman from 1940. Uh, it was not the hardest costume to make, and since I did not come from a lot of money when I was growing up, it was very economical choice as well.
0: But the reason I ask is that it wasn't necessarily then all about Batman to start off with, although you've clearly got a fantastic grounding in what makes a good superhero and a good superhero story. Where did the love affair with Batman particularly begin? Um, I mean, you end up as an executive producer. That's quite a journey from the Fleabag Hotel in New York.
1: It certainly, it certainly has been, and um, I fell in love with the character of Batman when I was eight years old. Uh, before that, I was into Superman, Batman looked a little too dark and scary to me, but by the time I was a very sophisticated eight years old, life changed. And I think the reason that I so loved this character was because, number one, he was human. He was a superhero with no superpowers. And I always contend that his greatest superpower has been his humanity. Number two, not only could I identify with him for that, but he also had the coolest car in the world. And I thought that was one of the greatest things, and that was even before James Bond uh, thought of the same thing. Uh, Batman's origin story was so powerful absolutely powerful, and it was a story that over the decades has really not only crossed uh, borders, but cultures as well. And they all added up to Batman becoming my favorite superhero, plus, and very importantly, he had the greatest collection of supervillains in history, and inarguably the greatest supervillain ever in the case of the Joker. And I am a subscriber to the Stan Lee theory of supervillains which is, Stan always says that the greatest and most long-lasting superheroes are the ones who have had the greatest supervillains, because ultimately it is the supervillains who define the hero. And for all these reasons, I became a complete, total Batman fanatic.
0: Yeah, and I think this is what you just touched on there that is captured so well in the modern Batman movies. I mean, Batman begins with Christian Bale going into the Origins, it probably captured a whole new generation of fans. Was that deliberate to, to really uncover that passion?
1: I, I think so. Um, and first, we have to give all the credit and accolades to the genius, and I, I never use that word lightly. The genius, Christopher Nolan, the director of the Dark Knight trilogy, three movies which I cannot break down into individual movies. To me, it is one big movie told in three acts, beautifully structured. And what Christopher Nolan did was to not only bring back the darkness and respectability of the character, but he also elevated the art form of the comic book movie, of the superhero movie. When you walk out of one of Chris's Batman movies, you don't have to say, that was a great comic book movie. You can say, that was a great film. And that was amazing and he w- that he was able to do that and make it feel real and make it feel that it had applicability to us. We believed in Bruce Wayne. We believed in Gotham City. We believed that the Joker could be real today. We believed in all that technology. And, uh, and that was the miraculous work that uh, Chris Nolan did.
0: And it, it's quite a, an evolution from, uh, albeit fun, but far more campy, adam west's batman in the gray suit uh looking a bit more like elaborate pajamas with robin at his side um isn't it it's a complete transformation over decades if you think about it in those terms but you have overseen that you bought the movie right as a 20 year old can you tell us a bit more about that part of the journey
1: yes and it is actually an inglamorous story something that is hard for anyone today to possibly believe in how could a kid in his 20s, by the rights to Batman. I mean, how could that possibly be? And the inglamorous answer is in that time era, 1970s, um, nobody else was interested in the rights to Batman. Everybody else thought that, okay, they did the TV show. It was a big success. It flamed out. It was as dead as a dodo. I was the only one who showed up. And with passion, from my heart, convinced the then president of DC Comics that I wanted to return Batman to the dark roots the way he was created in 1939 by Bob Kane and Bill Finger as this creature of the night stalking criminals from the shadows. And I wanted to erase from the collective consciousness of the world culture those three words that haunted me as a teenager, which were pow, zap, and wham. (laughs) <laughs> and that really set me on my course.
0: Yeah, well, that's the uh, some of the catchphrases of the Adam West version of Batman, which, you know, I, I mean, it, it may have a, a special place in some people's hearts as part of their childhood memories, but there's no doubt that Batman has evolved into a far more mysterious and far more aspirational figure under your guidance. Um but can you tell I mean we're living in times when people find it increasingly hard to get jobs and know what they want to do with their career it seems your career blossomed from your interest in superheroes but it also seems like a very brave thing to do to go in and have faith and end up becoming a very successful producer what advice would you offer to others on the back of that
1: well very clearly um, three things number one is you must learn what your passion in life is. And it may be more than one thing. And once you can identify that, and the lucky ones can identify it in college or earlier or maybe soon after they get out of college. And it's all right initially to try different things and it's all right to learn what you don't like as well as what you do like. That's a valuable thing to do in the process. But once you can identify your passion, you then must do rule number two. Get up off the couch. You cannot be part of a generation that has a misguided sense of entitlement that the world owes you something, or the world is going to come to you. You have to carpe diem. You have to seize the day. Uh, It's your initiative. You must knock on doors, and knock on doors until your knuckles bleed, (laughs) because I guarantee, as I learned the hard way, they are going to slam in your face repeatedly. And when they slam in your face, you only have two choices. Either you go home and cry about it, or you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you go back and knock again, and again, and again. Batman, the franchise, was built on my bleeding knuckles, because I refused to take no for an answer. And as a last lesson to that, from the time my partner Ben Melnicker and I acquired the motion picture and allied rights to Batman in 1979, it took us 10 long years before we were able to get the first movie made because we were turned down by every single studio in Hollywood. They thought I was crazy. They said, Michael, you can't do serious comic book movies. It's never been done. You can't do dark superheroes. It's never been done. And you can't make a movie out of some old TV series. That's never been done. But having a belief in myself and having a siege mentality where I was willing to really, really trust in my belief that this was a good thing this was the right thing and that it would one day happen and that was instilled in me and my brother from my mother she always told us once you make a commitment you stick to it even if you have to go through pain and tough times you stick to your commitments and ultimately that's what got us where we needed to go
0: hearing you talk could your own book the boy who loved batman make its way onto the silver screen Uh, the, the man behind batman
1: it is very funny you mention that. In the last month, I've been approached by a um, financier, uh, a company that says, this movie could be the next A uh, Christmas story for anyone that grew up loving comic books. And then from the television industry, I was approached saying, this could be the next Wonder Years TV series for kids who grew up reading comic books. So uh, literally this, this month, I'm going to start working on a screenplay adaptation of my book.
0: Fantastic. And you also stay true to your roots, in a sense, because you travel, don't you, from L.A. to Bloomington, Indiana, to teach intensive courses at Indiana University every year. Wh- wh- why do you keep doing that?
1: Well, what are we here for? What is the point of learning hard lessons and achieving success? One of the things is that I've learned, it's not about being on top of the mountain. It's all about the climb. It's all about the journey. And the experiences that I've gained and the lessons I've learned, I don't want them to go to waste. I could take all of that, and a lot of it was painful, and go back and teach and talk directly to college students who know that they're getting the truth from me, and I'm talking straight to them, and make them understand what this whole Hollywood and movie-making and making of TV Uh, the whole industry is about why it's called show business that it's half creative but it's also half business and you have to be able to protect yourself and um, these are all lessons I'm able to impart and my mission is to have an impact on young people and inspire Mm -hmm. as many as I can to follow their passion get up off the couch and not necessarily just fall into their father's or family business but do something that they might love in life.
0: Well, I dare say you've got a few of us off our couches just listening right now. Michael Usland, producer, executive producer of the Batman movies, but clearly so much more. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks. This has been great. Love talking to you.